cook that shit up, Quay. Oh my gosh, back at it again. Back at it. In the kitchen, whipping, I'm rapping again. Whipping. Keep on playing, bitch, then I'm stabbing your friend. Woo. I'm in the hood, they think I'm back trapping again. Trapping. Oh my gosh, back at it again. Back at it. Hey, on my crazy Episode two, here we go. So, I want to ask you now that the first episode is live and out, how do you feel? I feel relieved. Good word choice. Um, yeah, I think all like the jitters are out and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, people might have been lying, but <laughs> got a pretty good, you know, reception. Yeah. People have been hitting me up, you know, congratulating us and stuff. So it feels good. Same. I would agree. I feel relieved because it's a lot of working up the nerve, especially when you're not traditionally kind of like the extrovert type of person. Yeah. I don't think either of us are extroverts, which is no. like really funny that the two of us have a podcast. But I also think it gives a different lens to some of these things we talk about because we're not so forward with our thoughts all the time when it comes to social posts or things that we highlight in our own personal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I appreciate the aspect that we coming from kind of being an introvert sharing our thoughts and pushing ourselves to do that. I agree. But, so on the heels of the first episode, I know we did our introductions. I think it'll be really cool if we did just like a quick, rapid fire. You want to go first? I will go first. Okay. You ready? I think so. Okay, first question. What is your favorite app or your go-to app right now? Go-to app is... Probably a combination of... It can't be no yeah, combination. Yeah, it is a combination. It's a no. go-to app. Okay, Singular. so... Twitter. <laughs> okay. Because, you know, that's just where I get my news, where I find funny memes, mm-hmm. interesting articles, things like that. I'm still going to say my other app, oh, though. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> it's called Pocket. So when I find articles and I don't have time to read them or... Oh. Um, yeah, or memes or things I want to save, I can save it right there to Pocket and come back to it later. I like that. This is not an endorsement for Pocket, but I might have to use that. I yeah. like that because I don't be having time. <laughs> okay, how do you normally start your mornings? I usually start my mornings with turning on a podcast or something that I play mm-hmm. in my apartment as I get ready for work. Um, and then... Like actually make breakfast and sit down and like eat and drink. You do coffee. that in the morning? I do. You make breakfast? Yeah, I wake up really, really early. Like I don't have to be into the office until around ten, but mm-hmm. I wake up and my commute is only like thirty minutes. But I wake up around six thirty, just like oh. my like just naturally. Mm-mm, I'm not there yet. <laughs> okay, so this Saturday it's brunch. What are you having? I'm having bottomless mimosas. <laughs> Of course, um, you can't have brunch without mimosas. Right. Uh, probably. <laughs> Some of them peppers. <laughs> What's the Say peppers? What? Those peppers that you had us eating when we oh, went. Oh, shishito peppers? Yes, shishito peppers. <laughs> um, maybe like a, a shrimp and grits. Type, something, okay. something southern. Mm-hmm. All right. What does creativity mean to you? 
Um, creativity to me means no matter what industry you're in, just being able to fully express yourself, um, thinking outside of the box, whatever box that might be for you. Good answer. Thank you. Okay. What's your favorite summer activity? My favorite summer activity is picnicking, of course. Yes. Ding, um, ding, ding, ding. Yeah, I, I was love, hoping you'd I love say me that. A, a good picnic with some fancy wine and cheese. Park, right. Olives. Yeah. Oh. I know you love you and olive every time you we go like you to like the park. Them too. No, I just know <laughs> that you always got these olives that you pull out the bag when we picnicking, and I'm like, Janelle. Okay, well, I, I bring a nice spread so you can choose <laughs> other things. Right, but, true. Yeah. What is your guilty pleasure? My guilty pleasure is... That can is, be anything. Like food, binge, what, TV show you binge watch, whatever. Um, it's probably just ratchet music. Okay. You know, That's City fair. Girls, Meg, Trina, Trina. Trick Daddy, mm. you know. Cool. What is your most favorite place that you have visited? Ooh. Um, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is Puglia, because that was like the most recent yes. trip. Um, and it was beautiful. And we, you know, well, obviously you were there. Mm-hmm. We road trip from Rome to Puglia and around Puglia. That was, yeah, that that was, was a cool fun. way to, to experience, experience Italy. Yeah. And last question. What is your biggest pet peeve? Oh, I got a lot. What's my biggest pet peeve? Mm-hmm. One of my biggest pet peeves are people that talk in movies. Oh, yeah. like in the movie like in the theater. movie theater. Okay, yeah, like that really bothers <laughs> me, and having to repeat myself that bothers me a lot too. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I can identify with that having to repeat yourself. Yeah, especially when you know the person heard you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Those are my questions for you. Okay, so let's. Flip the script. All right. Um, what was the last album you listened to? Last full album I listened to? Mm-hmm. Um, that's hard. Probably Brandy, Aphrodisiac. Ooh, mm-hmm. little throwback. Yep, that was this week. Um, what place do you most want to travel to? I have not been to the continent of Africa. And that is my heart's desire right now. I really want to get there. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I've only been once, but it was like just the South Africa. There's just so much more to see. You know what I mean? So I think that that, that's kind of high on my list, too. Get back over there. Uh, What's something that you could eat for a week straight? Something I could eat for a week straight. Wings. All different types of wings. I am a wing fan. I feel like I'm going to turn into a wing. <laughs> uh, would you ever go to the movies alone? Yes, I would. And I have no problems with that at all. Me either. What's your favorite clothing brand? That's a loaded question because there's different pieces of clothing that you want. go to. Nike. Why? That's not one of my rapid fire questions. I'm just wondering why. Oh, why? Is because I feel that they have a good selection of multiple different things that you can go to. Like, I love sneakers. And if I want a sneaker, whether that's running, whether that's a casual or a trainer, it's a boot, they're going to have it available. And more than likely, it's a brand that I can depend on to deliver on something I'm looking for. 
That's fair. Uh, Who inspires you? That's also a good one. I have. I can't take credit for these questions. I definitely just googled like <laughs> rapid fire questions and pull ten. <laughs> <laughs> Who inspires me? I would say my brother. You wanna know why? Yeah. Um, I, I figured that was gonna be the, the follow up question. <laughs> um, I just feel that he's level headed, and I feel that in life you have to ha- kind of have this poise about you to be able to operate in many different situations. Cool. That's cute. That's one one of my persons of inspiration. Um, What's your favorite hobby? My favorite hobby right now is playing tennis, watching tennis, playing tennis on the app on my phone. (laughs) Just tennis, tennis, tennis. Serena, Venus. Yeah. U.S. Open. Yeah. I'm a tennis head, kind of. Not kind of. You are. Um, what fashion trend do you just not get? I saw this question too, and I was thinking about that, and I feel like I have some, but I cannot think of any right now. I can't think of any right now. All right, we'll come back to it. All right. <laughs> What's your favorite song? My favorite song is Hosanna by Kirk Franklin. That's a good one. Yes. Oh, that's a good one. You got to drop that in there, too. <laughs> All right. Um, and then, last question. What was the last thing you liked on social media? I cannot remember that. Okay, so probably there's this video going around on Facebook um, where this news reporter was <laughs> interviewing. <laughs> what? She was, it was kind of like one of those sweet brown moments. Oh, gosh. <laughs> she was interviewing. This woman, because they had high winds in whatever area, and she was saying she had to, the state, the city, declared a state of emergency or something like that, and they had to evaporate. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was this the newscaster saying this or the woman the, she was interviewing? The woman she was interviewing. Oh lord, it's really ain't affecting me yet. But once it do hit that, they probably gonna tell us to evaporate, and then that's what gets on my nerves all the time. And she said it so confidently and said it like three additional times. We got to keep evaporating. I mean, when I first moved here, I think the first time I moved here, it was like this. So we had to like evaporate. So I, I couldn't believe it. And I had to laugh at it. Okay. (laughs) Have you thought of a fashion trend yet? No, it'll come to me probably throughout the recording. It'll just be something that I blurt out at some point. Cool. That's my last question. All right, cool. We finally found a name for our trending topics. It's called Above the Fold. Um, and if you're not aware... What that, that mean? <laughs> basically, uh, being above the fold in print media, it's in the newspaper, what you can read before you unfold the news. So mm-hmm. it's above the fold. And then like in digital media, it's the content that you see before you have to scroll. So pretty much like anything that's... Um, trending or most relevant or the most important news would be above the fold because people want you to pay attention to that first. So that's what we're calling our trending topics from now on. The segment is called Above the Fold. Is that like um, 
Well, it's not to be confused with clickbait. Those no. are not the same thing. Yeah, not the same thing. Right. All right, cool. Yeah, I have a couple of things that I have had my eye on. I think on the heels of the Super Bowl, were there any commercials that you felt were your favorite or any that you think are worth highlighting or talking about? Um, I don't think I had any favorites. And I know that we talked a bit about Super Bowl commercials Mm -hmm. on the last pod. But um, one thing that did jump out to me were the political ads and the Trump one, the first one in particular. Just a huge eye roll to that Trump commercial. If you haven't saw it, it was pretty much him talking about how he's done work within reforming the reforming the justice system. Right. Uh, and that seemed to be kind of a theme, too, because uh, yeah. that was the, the theme of the NFL's ad mm-hmm. as well. But um, in addition to that, I just think that criminal justice, as we can tell, is going to be a uh, uh, a big topic of dis- of discussion heading mm-hmm. into the new um, election. Oh, yeah. Without and, a doubt. Right. <laughs> um, so it's just interesting hearing, like, the Republican take on it versus, like, what Jay-Z's role with the NFL mm-hmm. is and Meek Mills. And um, I always add an S at the end of Meek Mills. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Um, you know, then you got Kim Kardashian out here. Being a lawyer. A paralegal at best. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, so it, it's obviously a hot, uh, hot button topic. And then you know, as more states begin to legalize marijuana and you got mm-hmm. the conversation around, you know, people who are incarcerated for yes. that and, and how it disproportionately affects black and brown communities. And, you know, so um, it was interesting seeing that make its way into marketing and probably the biggest marketing, you know, mm-hmm. event in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I, I, like you said, I think kind of like the criminal justice reform is going to be a key issue for the upcoming election. But with that, how much do you think it's with all kind of political things? How much of it do you think is just one of these buzz topics to get people interested and then nothing? Oh, 100%. That's how I mean, but what what topic that's um discussed in politics isn't, you know? You got to right. play to your base, play to what's currently being talked about now will you deliver on that promise maybe maybe not you know what mm-hmm. i mean because there are just so many other steps and other avenues that you know that you have to it's not that simple as pushing the pin exactly yeah. exactly yeah i mean like i said i was just when that <laughs> endorsement came at the end of that commercial yeah. And he was like, I approve this message. Right. And of course, I said, it had there to be is a, no way. Right. And of course, it had to be a black woman. You know, it yeah. was just it, it felt gross. But I mean, what what doesn't feel gross that that man does? Yeah. Speaking of black women. Gail King. So I know that this is and for this week has been kind of the highlight of what's been happening and what people have been talking about. Mm hmm. So I'm sure that everyone has heard about the interview that she did with Lisa Leslie about Kobe Bryant. And 
Yeah. Do you have thoughts about this? I'll let you kind of take the lead here and then I'll. Well, I guess to give it to give some some context, um, Gail King did an interview with Lisa Leslie. Um, and I guess in that interview, the topic of Kobe Bryant's um, rape allegations from back in 2003, 2004 2003 came up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Lisa Leslie handled the questioning, you know, well, but then people began to criticize Gail, and I use criticize very loosely because they, they did get a... A little bit further than that. Yeah. Well, wait. But also, I think it's worth mentioning that CBS took yes. this clip... This one clip. Before from this hour-long interview. Right, before the interview even, even aired, right? Like, wasn't that like the teaser clip for the interview? Was that it? I, I'm I not sure on I, that part. I could be misspeaking. Either way, even if that was a teaser clip or they just took that portion out to promote it, they knew what they were doing there. Yeah. And Yeah, See, I just wanted to was, mention that part. They definitely were trying to create like a clickbait moment. You know what I right. mean? Um, by using just that snippet of the interview. Um, so then after that clip came out, then Gil began to get Um, some criticism around the timing of that questioning. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, it's still a very, um, you know, a very raw subject. Still very fresh. Yeah, very, very fresh. Like, they haven't even had the funeral for Kobe Bryant and Mm -hmm. his daughter. So to be talking about, you know, um, his 2003 case, people thought was insensitive and ill-timed. I agree to that. Yeah, I agree that it's—I agree that it's ill-timed, I don't know that I agree that it's something that we should never discuss mm-hmm. um, because it is part of his legacy. It is something that happened. But I also think that in that conversation, it needs to be discussed that he took ownership over, you know, um, or addressed what his role in that was. Yes. And During his to, lifetime, exactly, he's given his have, account of the story. And exactly. All of exactly. So I think that that also needs to be a part of the conversation. And I also um, kind of agree with what Lisa said in the interview and in that, you know, you had how many years? Right. F- 15 plus years to address this with him while he was alive. Um, yeah. So why are we bringing it up now? Yeah. And that's a little bit of where I was feeling a little stuck in the middle as far as how I felt about it. Um, I was a little bit torn about her intentions when it came to the question But when she followed up Lisa's response with, well, you wouldn't see it, you're his friend, then I I, feel like the intention became clear that there was a little bit of her trying to push the message around, hey, you, he was this type of person. Right. And, And also the reason I didn't like that response was like, you know, when she said, well, you wouldn't see it. Okay, well, if... Then you're you're basically saying that no matter what the questioning is around this topic, right. Lisa is going to be biased in that, right? Because she's his friend. So then why ask her the question to exactly. begin with? Exactly. That's what I was getting if at. She, if Either, you know if, that if, if she said yes, he was that type of person, you mm-hmm. would have got the answer you wanted. Anything other than that would have right. been you wouldn't see it because, because you're, you're his, his friend. Yeah. So like if your so opinion is that she's going to have a biased take on this, then why ask her the question? Yeah. I would have been like, just like Kobe's case was dismissed, at this point, you're <laughs> you dismissed. You are dismissed as well. <laughs> but 
then back to this criticism of Gail King. I think that we can be critical of the line yes. of questioning mm-hmm. and, um, you know, hold her accountable. But some of the, the stuff that I saw or like the Snoop Dogg rant and all that kind of stuff, that is that was way out of line and disrespectful. And the death threats like it, it, it come on now. Yeah, I, it go, all goes back to that whole cancel culture mm-hmm. type of narrative that we continue to put out there. No one has any room for any missteps. And I wouldn't even say that this is a misstep because I do feel if it was a situation where Gail had the opportunity to interview Kobe, she would have pressed him a little bit about this as well, much like she did R. Kelly. I also feel that we as a people, we pick and choose what we want to kind of pick apart and what we want to let slide. Mm-hmm. I don't feel that that's fair. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think that she, like much like yourself, I don't think that she should be receiving all of this that she is receiving. I think there is room for critique and letting that be what it is. Exactly. But I feel that we don't know how to... We don't. We don't know where the line is. Exactly. Like, yeah, (laughs) like, I don't think anybody is above critique, but to your point, people don't don't know the difference between, like, criticism and just, like, purely disrespect and, like, disregard. Yeah. And then I think there's even a bigger story to tell is now because of her association with Oprah Mm -hmm. and everything that's been going on with Oprah and around the Me Too and some of the narratives that are out there with her speaking out against black men and not speaking out against white men I just feel now they're pocketed and bucketed into the same situation or scenario saying hey they are out to attack black men because that's that's their story Mm-hmm. Well, see, I don't, I don't know how much Oprah has talked about, you know, white men who have been um, implicated in this like Me Too movement. To say, you know, I, I know that she has been attached to two documentaries. You know, whether she backed out or not, one mm-hmm. Michael Jackson, the other one Russell Simmons. Um, but like, I don't, I don't know that she's. But but it's also hard for me to accept that she would speak out against Michael Jackson and Russell Simmons, but then is rubbing elbows with Weinstein. You know what I mean? Who Mm -hmm. was in the same industry as you, whereas the others aren't necessarily. Mm -hmm. That's the part that kind of makes me a little bit wary of what her intentions are when it comes to the black man. Yeah. But what do you think would be the motivation for her to to um maybe her history with black men and kind of how she's gone through a that's she was abused in some right. sort of way in her life and maybe she identifies with that and wants to go after that so i do think there's underlying reasons there but i'm still not sure where to stand yeah i don't know uh, i don't know um Either way, I think the point is that we can be overcritical. We don't give grace and room for anyone to take a step back and say, okay, maybe this was the wrong way to go about this. Thank you for bringing it to my attention. That's the part of life in anybody's career. Um, But also, Gail's job as a journalist is to ask the hard questions. And there's a fine line between understanding what questions are appropriate and which aren't. So... I think that's just what it boils down to, and that's all it was and all it is. Yeah, I agree. 
All right. So Nike, moving on. Um, speaking of Kobe, which we know is pretty much something that's going to be a topic of discussion, a topic of what these brands are going to pretty much put out there. But Kobe, um, Nike in New York Fashion Week, it's New York City's Fashion Week. They honored him with a tribute um, when they displayed their Tokyo Olympics collection this past Wednesday. So not actually during it, but before the show, they paid tribute to him by having six children walk out on stage wearing Kobe Lakers jersey. I think this Kobe's Lakers jersey, I think this was pretty cool because there were a lot of big names in the room, Mm -hmm. um, which they didn't have to do anything. They Mm -hmm. Not at New York Fashion Week. They didn't have to. I don't know. But I think because of his endorsements with Nike and all of the merch. Right, which is is exactly uh, why I think they did have to. Yeah, but I thought that was a cool thing that they did as a brand to kind of celebrate him and honor him. Yeah. And I thought it was worth mentioning. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't... I think I saw a clip of it, but it was definitely a very kind of arresting visual of all these kids coming out. Mm -hmm. Um. Right, and just standing the there, yeah. kind of paying tribute. Yeah, that was cool. So I have one question for you. Uh-huh. What is Erica Badu doing? The same thing Gwyneth Paltrow is doing. Which and is, because I'm a little lost, because I did not ask for this. This is not what I ordered. Look. She told you, she said that there's a narrative that, you know, she, you know, she, she. Quote, unquote. (laughs) I don't know what to say. I took lots of pairs of my panties, cut them into little pieces and burned them. Well, let's wait. Even the ashes part of it. No, I'm I'm getting there. I'm, I'm setting the scene. Okay. Okay. For us to understand what's happening. I took lots of pairs of my panties, <laughs> cut them up into little pieces, and burned them. Uh-huh. Even the ashes are part of it. So in a recent story um, for, I think it was 10 Magazine, she announced that she was launching her own online store, Badu World Market, on February 20th. She'll be selling incense created to mimic the scent of her legendary vagina. It's legendary. According to her. How do we know that? No. I think, I mean, it was it was one of those things that was like a, a funny joke on social, right? Like, how did she get Andre 3000, mm. Common, you know, Jay Electronica and have kids with, you know, it was like the, the uh, mystic okay, box. Okay, one of those. Like, Erica Badu got the mystic box. Mm-hmm. So, like, why can't she monetize that? Gwyneth Paltrow's out here selling candles that are supposed to mimic the smell of her vagina or something on Goop and charging these, you know, these these rich folks. Is she really? Hun- I didn't yeah. hear. I didn't know about that. Yeah. So if Gwyneth what Paltrow happening? can do it, and she has, there's no, you know, legendary tale behind what she got. Why can't Erica <laughs> do it? I mean, to each its own. If that's yeah. what floats your boat, and you want uh, um, Erica Badu scented. Incent. Go hey. for it. Good for her. You think she's going to do like some sort of witty branding or marketing behind it? Or is it just going to be like, hey, here, here it is. It's out. I think, mm-hmm. I think because of I mean, its unique this nature. The this is the branding. You think <laughs> this, so? Getting, yeah. Just getting people talking about it. Yeah. And I, I even think that she, she said recently, I think, um, 
there was some music publication that wrote about it, and she was like, oh, so y'all can write about that, but y'all can't write about my music. So, like, Oh, that's fair. Yeah, so maybe this is even part of... A larger, of, yeah, a larger mm-hmm. conversation that she's trying to spark. I don't know. Mm, well, you, you know, like Erica Badu is like one of my favorite artists, so there's very little that she could do wrong. That, <laughs> in my eyes, you know, unpopular opinion. I've never been able to get into. Whoa. Yeah. Okay, we are gonna stop right there. Let's move on. Yeah. No, but you know there are, and I'm sure you have one or two artists that you have not been able to bring yourself just to be a big fan of that. That most people, or like many people, that many people could potentially just stand over. I'm gonna let mm. you think on that, and I'm gonna make sure that yeah, I can't we come think back of anybody. to that. I can't think of anybody off the top of my head right now, but no, I can't believe that. Yeah, maybe I just. And I you're like know. you're like a fan of vocalists and stuff too, and like she, what? I couldn't tell you what it is. I just haven't been able to identify and be oh. like, oh, this is just. Amazing. I don't Damn. I don't get what everyone else gets. Damn, that one hurt. Okay. We'll see. I I'll send me an album to listen to. <laughs> done. Done and done. All right. Um, and one more thing about the whole Super Bowl thing. Mm-hmm. So there was all these articles coming out about Beyonce and Jay Z not standing. Uh-huh. Which why? What why? Do you why think it's the fair question? Well, yeah, I think it's a fair question to ask because when Jay-Z became uh, or Rock Nation became connected, you know, with the NFL through their partnership, he made that comment about, um, you know, Colin Kaepernick kneeling and it's time to move past kneeling. Mm -hmm. Um, And Colin Kaepernick's protest was during the national anthem. So, like, them sitting down during the the national anthem, people thought that that was saying something. Mm -hmm. Um, but then I also read somewhere that they, it came out that they weren't trying to make a political statement. Yeah, so he did a um, an interview at Harvard School of Business, I believe, where he addressed it. And he was saying, you know, he and his wife, I love that he said his wife, mm-hmm. <laughs> they were there and they were just sitting and they just start talking while it was happening because Yolanda Adams had performed before and Beyonce knows what it is like to perform on that stage even Mm -hmm. the national anthem and she was just talking about how nervous she was for Demi and how she hopes that she does great and she looks great and he said it wasn't even a thing where we said let's stay seated or even addressed anything around protesting he said that's not what it was at all and he said even the there were so many other people around them sitting he said it it didn't have anything to do with that maybe but just in fairness, They're, it was fair to... Yeah, but I think that Jay-Z and Beyonce are, are very smart business people, mm-hmm. right? Um, and you cannot tell me that after coming off the heels of those comments and um, the, the, the heels of his comments around Colin Kaepernick's protest, this partnership with the NFL, they had to know that there were going to be eyes on them. And, like, we, you know, you got to move very... You, you have to move a certain way in... In those, you know, arenas, in those spaces. And so, like, for that to not even cross their mind, that I don't know if I believe that. I don't know if I believe that. Like, I would be hyper aware of that moment, not the other way around, if I were them. 
I get that. But I also just think about historically what they do address and what they don't address. I would think that if it was a situation where they were trying to make a statement, they wouldn't have addressed it at all. He wouldn't have spoke on it. I well, it would you, behoove him not to because he's But I mean, I'm saying in a lot of out. in a lot of situations, they don't speak on anything. They let you create your own narrative and mm-hmm. that just be what it is and you sit with it. So because he did say something, it makes me want to believe that they didn't do it intentional because they are intentional people. So Yeah. So I mean, maybe they didn't do it intentionally, but if if that is the case, that's very shocking to me because they seem like very deliberate right. people. Got you. The Oscars are tonight. Yes, they are. Will you be watching? You know, if I can't find anything else to watch, sure. Hashtag Oscars so white. Here we are again. How many times have we used this hashtag? So many times, and I think I mentioned to you before, I just feel like it's a cycle that continues to happen. There will be uproar this year. Next year, you'll see a lot of black nominations Mm -hmm. for a year or two maybe then it goes back i think what you said is kind of the way that we should start thinking about it as a community where why do we consider it the premier right highest of the high right the achievement that makes you great yeah from from people who are not of color right (laughs) my my take is this like the very first time that the Oscars, you know, the, the first annual Oscar awards um, ceremony, mm-hmm. who said this right here is going to be the premier um, mark of the film industry? You know what I mean? Like, people give that value. You so don't just come value, out yeah. the gate with that type of value. Somehow and it has to exactly, build. The, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and so over time we have given these institutions this you know this premier status so what's who's to say we can't do that with another entity with another institution so like giving something like the NAACP Image Awards or you know like the BET Awards yes. you know I, like who, why can't we you know if we start pushing that narrative that this is like our premier like you know upper echelon um, you know, rec- recognizing these people in our community, right. then like over time, it stands the test of time, and like we don't have to continue to to be disappointed when we're not given a seat at the table or given scraps when we are invited to the table or only getting invited to the table once. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like then when we do get get um, honored or recognized at these other institutions it's a nice to have it's not an end-all be-all yes while i agree with that i also feel that we just want to be able to sit at the same table and be on the same playing field and not have to create our own to feel like we measure up only against our own community but my thing is like why is a seat why is building your own table or a seat at the black table not the same level it is the same it can still be the same level but it's not the same level. Why not? Because the world will not, it's not, you will not be viewed as Why being not? on the same level. It's almost like saying, oh. But by whom? You play in by the major whom? league, you no, got this minor I don't, league award. I don't agree with award. that. No, 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 no. Uh, I mean, because the way, because... I mean, there's no way we can rewrite history. And the way it's been set up up to this point is 
that but this is the premier award and this is what makes you great. Right, but my thing is because we give them the power and we said that this is the premier award mm-hmm. show. So if we stop saying that and say, fuck the Oscars, this is now like our go-to. This is the mark of, of true, you know, um, creativity and and honoring of of these artists work then you know it's not going to be this year or next year like slowly over time mm-hmm. that it can be on the same playing field and it's not the minor league do you feel that going that segregation route i'm not saying segregation us, route brings us a step back no um no, not at all. I, in a perfect I, I world, I, in a perfect world, how consider, do you, I wouldn't would, even consider it the segregation route. Like, like I said, like it, it can still be a good thing to be recognized over here, but mm-hmm. it's more of a nice to have, and it's not the end all be all to your career. Or you know what I mean? Like, for example, um, Angela Bassett has ne- has she ever? I think she was nominated, never won an Oscar, or whatever, right? But I'm sure she has plenty NAACP image awards mm-hmm. and all these other awards you know over here like why it, why is the Oscars and Grammy the elusive the, the exactly. cream of the crop exactly and it doesn't have to be or we create another another institution that that at the highest level is more diverse and therefore you know you're getting you can have the the kind of black perspective, the mm-hmm. Latinx perspective, right. the Asian perspective, the white perspective, the, and it's all equal. Right. You know what I mean? Whereas I like all of these institutions that we're given this credence to, mm-hmm. they were all built by white people and therefore institution like the institution is 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 set up to work for them. Right. There's nothing I feel like that we can really do to break down that door and to actually because we've been trying. I agree. Yeah. I agree to Be that Be invited point. to that table in a real way. It's right. not going to happen. So, like, let's just stop It's trying. always the crumbs. And, like, we have, to, we have to make sure we give an award to a black person or right. a person of color. Because yeah, we need to like, check this box. Exactly. We don't want them to get angry. Exactly. And then you, a black person wins, their, wins and you don't see them ever again. Right. At least in that, in that. Which is a great point, which we talked about before. And saying we get the Oscar, we get the Grammy, but it doesn't really open any other doors for us. Exactly. Not so, like it does our counterparts. Right. So like either number 1, who I think the only black actress that's nominated this year is Cynthia Revo for Harriet. You know what I mean? Like Right. No. Or then you look back at Moonlight, and this is something that we've had a conversation mm-hmm. about. So Moonlight gets gets the the win. Um the in, next, a, in a weird way, also. Right. The next time you see, what's his name, Jerome Jarrell? Yeah. Or Ashton Sanders yes. are in two, two you, you saw Ashton Sanders in Native Son on HBO that was directed by Rashid Johnson, mm-hmm. a black, black. filmmaker, a black artist and black filmmaker. The next time you see Jarrell Jerome is in When They See Us, directed by Ava DuVernay, a black filmmaker. So, like, you, they didn't need that Oscar win to get those ops. Right. And name a white person who's given them an op since. So, like, it what doesn't, was, yeah. 
you know. What 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 does it matter once you do get it? Exactly. Kind of like Monique said when she got in, when everyone was giving her all her slack, exactly. when she was saying, I got this, but what did this mean? Yeah. And everybody thought she was disrespecting the institution. Right. But honestly, that's real. And what what has Octo- Octavia Spencer done since... Didn't she win recently? She she won for like the help or something like that. She was in that trash movie Ma. <laughs> I didn't see that. I saw the trailer but and yes. I knew it was trash. I didn't watch that movie. But yes, yeah, she, she was in Ma. <laughs> okay, so like that was her next. Uh, yeah. So so why why are we fighting? Staying kind of on the Oscars. Um, there's a commercial that's going to air tonight during the Oscars for the New York Times um, around their 1619 project, and it's mm-hmm. starring Janelle Monet, and it's directed by Jen Kiru, who's done a lot of work with Beyonce. She's also a Howard, Howard alum. Um, but yeah, if, if you're not aware, the 1619 project was this huge campaign and and like literary piece they put together to celebrate or commemorate the 400th um, anniversary or yeah the 400th year anniversary of like the first slave ship um, hitting U.S. soil or mm-hmm. you know what is now U.S. soil. Um, what is now U.S. Yeah, soil? Yeah, because then it was it was not it was not America yet as we know it. Um, so I thought that that was an interesting an interesting campaign or title to push on that scale for the New York Times. Um, But not, I guess, not necessarily surprising because it did receive, you know, such fanfare when it it was released. Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess maybe that was, you know, it is kind of smart for them to to use that. It is smart. Um, I saw the commercial, but like I said, I didn't get what the point of it was. Right. It was beautifully shot. It was it, it was very captivating, and it made me. I don't feel like the majority of the audience will know mm-hmm. what's happening. Right. I there agree. was no clear call to action. Yeah. Did it Did it even say like sixteen nineteen project in there anyway? I, I believe it did. Okay. Yeah. So but like, other yeah, than but, that, it didn't say, "Hey, this is available. This is a book. This is a film. This is docu series." Right. I didn't know what I was walking away needing to understand about it. Right. And I. I mean, I think. Um, that it was just kind of a general awareness campaign, you know. We basically saying like the New York Times shares uh, or uh, creates this cool content that bring, brings the truth to light and um, it just basically to get subscribers. But yeah, to your point, I don't think they did a uh, a really good job of. Um, in a short time explaining what the 1619 Project was and how it relates to, you know, the kind of content that they put out and why we should mm-hmm. subscribe to the news outlet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another thing that we wanted to kind of discuss or I wanted to discuss was it was recently announced um, that The Wing, which is the... Well, it used to be women's only... Working space. Working space slash social club has hired um uh has announced their first executive marketing hire Mm -hmm. this black woman named um celeste maddie i think i believe that's her name um what i thought was interesting about this was is that they have 
come under fire a couple of times around their uh, their um, being kind of like racist issues that have happened in certain locations. Mm-hmm. Um, and during that time, you know, you had spaces like Ethel's Club pop up where, you know, these were, they're marketed and, and um, kind of positioned as safe spaces for people of color, right. um, you know, founded by a, a black woman uh, where you don't, you know, you can come and, and not have to deal with that kind of stuff. I even think that this month they are reimbursing people's um, subscriptions to places like the wing mm-hmm. or, you know, places that are seen as being less diverse or not necessarily centering um, the experiences of people of color, which I thought was a really cool campaign. Yeah. But um, I don't think it's a coincidence that this woman's black, but I do, I do hope that she comes in and, and, you know, makes some necessary changes. I was about to say, do you feel like her coming on board is going to mitigate any of what has happened in the past? Because it does seem like it's very much a reactive move Mm -hmm. rather than something that they could have put into play a long time ago which these brands do all the time. There's some sort of public outroar, mm-hmm. and then they say, oh, we're going to put this black person or person of color into this position, and that'll show that we care, or that we are diverse. Right. So, I mean, I think that it, it just depends on what their motives are. Like, if they hire her and they let her, like, actually come in and do something and, like, listen to mm-hmm. her perspective, and it's not she's not just placed there as a figurehead, then sure. But, you know, I, I can't speak to her. What they, what yeah. their true intentions are. Right. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Let's keep yeah. our eyes peeled. Yeah. Well, good for her. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, some some good comes out of that. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing I have on my list to talk about was um, this woman who runs or leads Pencil. Um, she used to be. She used to work at Jordan Brand, and now she okay. runs Pencil, which is like a design. A, a sneaker design firm, I believe. Um, and it was announced that she's partnering with HBCUs to um, get more black people mm-hmm. behind the scenes and in, in sneaker design because obviously, you know, we're some of the top consumers of these right. brands and these sneakers. You know, Nike, the Nikes and the Adidas are partnering with all these athletes or mm-hmm. the Kanye's of the world, but there are very few people that look like us behind the scenes that are actually influencing the design. We can be the consumer, we can be the face, but like we, there needs to be diversity in all aspects right. of that ecosystem or else, you know, again, it's, we're, we're just the consumer. Yeah. I love that because we are very much, I feel like our community, we are very much a consumer driven community, community, meaning we're all, always on the, consumption side of these brands and products very rarely are we kind of the gatekeepers like you were saying or the people that own these different entities but we are marketed to we buy it up but to see someone kind of out there with an initiative to bring other people into the space into the overall ecosystem is very commendable I feel like we should start keeping our eyes open and doing a lot more of that right um because, I mean, if we're being honest, the sneaker industry is not the only industry that lacks diversity no. on, on the back end. Um, of those products that we are very that, much. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. That we're, we're the, the, you know, some of the top consumers of. Yeah. 
For sure. Shout out to her, though. Yeah. Okay. So, ready to move to the next segment, which is game time. Game time. We're going to do guess that spokesperson the same way you did me last week. But this time, I told you I think I was going to get you. So, let's see what I got. You ready? Yep. All right. So, this is an American actor and voice actor um, from the U.S. And he is known for... Uh, his appearances in these commercials with this particular brand. He has appeared in, that's clue one, right? Mm -hmm. He's appeared in 24. 24 what? 24, which is a series that was on TV from 2001 to 2014. Never watched it? Nope. He's also appeared in Love and Basketball. Oh, I already know who this is. Um, (sighs) God, I don't um, know if I said that it was going to be it. What's his name? I'm blanking on his name. It's Zeke. Zeke McCall from um from from Love and Basketball. What's his name? They, they, uh, David Dennis da- Dennis Hayes ha- ha- Hayes Bert Bert. <laughs> 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 yes, that's him. And what's the brand? Is it Allstate? Ding 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 ding. Yeah, that was too easy, man. It was. What gave it away? Love and Basketball. Yeah, and you <sighs> said voice actor. Oh, okay. And I just, as soon as, I don't know, as soon as you said voice actor, I was just like, oh, he about to say the Allstate commercial. I don't like you. Okay. You don't have to. Good job. (laughs) Whatever. I really thought, I was like, she going to be stumped. (laughs) Well, she goes to show how much I know. All right, cool. Good job. Thanks. All right. And this week, which we like to wrap our show up with uh, going with your black ads or that ain't it. Last week, we had it going with your black ads. This week, we actually have a That Ain't It. Oh, yeah. <sighs> black History Month. Great. We're all excited as a community. But Even sometimes, though Black History Month, got a, we kind of got a rough start to Black History Month. We did. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, <laughs> I saw a tweet that said, February, come in here, sit down, don't touch nothing, <laughs> don't say nothing. <laughs> and February has not been complying all the way <laughs> so all. let's see if uh it can get it together all right so this week the book retailer barnes and noble they were supposed to be putting out a diverse edition of books mm-hmm. for black history month their idea of diverse edition was pretty much to go through the books that they have like the classics the classics and put black faces on the covers <laughs> so we're talking romeo and Juliet. Right. Things like that and just basically say, hey, we're highlighting Black History Month. Here yeah, are some classic just, books with black faces on them. Yeah, like, there, number one, there are no, like, Moby Dick, Romeo and Juliet. Like, there are no black characters in there. So they were just going to put black people on the cover but still sell books by white authors. Literally. And some of these books, characters that they were portraying black faces on talked about and had narratives around slavery that just don't make sense. Like, I don't, how do they think that was a good idea? I think it goes back to not having people of color in the room when but these I, brands are trying to come up with these clever campaigns. I can't even say good try to that because that's that yeah. is trash. There are so many authors and publications exactly. and books that you could have went through your whole database and said, hey, here are some great books that we're highlighting for Black History Month. Right. But my thing is like, yes, these brands do need these you know, black people at the table, you know, to run these ideas by. But I feel like you ain't, you didn't really need a black person in the room to tell you that that ain't it. Like, that was 
that was straight trash. I mean, Toni Morrison just passed away. Why she couldn't she away, just... And her birthday is this month and it's Black History Month. I mean, literally, it doesn't take much thought to figure out how to create right. a brand or a campaign around Black History Month that's meaningful. Like, I mean, like, the, the easy layup is we're going to highlight books by Black authors. Yeah. Boom. We're done. And I... I think they knew on the back end. They used these books that were of public domain, so they didn't have to pay for changing these books co- book covers. Mm-hmm. It was more of a heavy lift, just using some type of scantron going through their system and painting right. these faces black. Yeah, and I also read somewhere where they they said like they were just using like the classics and the books that are um, broadly. Um, broadly read in school and things like that. Number one, there are class there are black classics mm-hmm. that that are part of their their classic series. There might not be that many of them, but it's but also they're there. Yeah, they're there. But it's also a bigger conversation around like, well, why is it that there's so few black books read in the school system? You know what <laughs> I mean? How about we introduce some new one. classics? Right. Yeah. I think it's just frustrating because it feels like this is an ongoing conversation all the time, year over year, and sometimes month over month. Um, It just seems like it's disrespect always being packaged as some sort of praise for us, Mm -hmm. which I don't need. I don't want. You can keep it. And if you don't know how to do it correctly, just stay away from it. Yeah. And it's also funny that it's coming from a brand like Barnes & Noble. Like, Mm -hmm. it's a dying you know, industry, unfortunately, because of the Amazons and the things like that. But, like, when you think of brands that can have a pitfall like this, Barnes & Noble is not the first one that comes to mind at all. You know what I mean? And so it's it's almost kind of, like, laughable. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But also... Like, damn, like, y'all can't get shit right. (laughs) Another thing worth highlighting, I feel... In their apology, they just kept saying, we are sorry, people of color, something like that. I love how these brands continue to say people of color. There is a difference between people of color and And black black, people. This is Black History Month, and we're not talking about people of color in general. We're talking about literally black people that you continue to... Mm-hmm. Why? Why is it that? Why do people feel like black is a is a racial slur? I don't know. They people, you know, and people of people color, they they feel that just, they are caressing and kind of going around it. Black. black. I'm black. It's fine. Yeah. This black man, this black woman, say black. <laughs> you black. You black. <laughs> if you black, you black. That's so you black. <laughs> yeah, but that ain't it. And no, that ain't it. All right, I think we good. Episode two in the books. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Share uh, with the hashtag WitchaBlackAds. Um, Rate, comment, and review. All that. We appreciate those. All that. See you next week. Bye. Bye.